<laughs> staying on topic, you mean? Well, you, yeah. <laughs> what, what, no, what you guys are really good on the Velvet Truth podcast with is this, that you don't talk over anybody. You, you do a really good job of letting the person speak, and then when they're done, then you have another thing to say. That's not a thing. We don't do it all here. here. Not at all. It's just completely pell-mell. Sure. Insanity. Yeah. So, I used to listen to Metallica when I was a child, and by that I mean I haven't stopped. So you just keep doing that, and <laughs> just channel your inner Lars Ulrich, and you'll be fine. So yeah, bad Saint Anger Lars. Ulrich. You know, I was torn about Metallica growing up because it just yeah. didn't feel right. Like, what do you it, mean? It felt like a little hardcore and maybe even like satanic. Yeah, I was going to say that, but <laughs> no. I, so like, just pretend we can talk like like adults. The um. I find them to be actually one of the least satanic metal bands out there. To be, quite I mean, among metal bands, among metal bands, you could do a lot worse. Well, yeah, no, I mean, they. Uh, well, their most recent, one of their most recent songs uh, is called "If Darkness Had a Son," and you would think that that would be like <laughs> highly satanic, and and to some extent, you can easily misinterpret it as such. But because, like, like the the intro is temptation. Dun, 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 dun temptation and then it goes from there and, and like it's actually a song about a guy <clears throat> resisting temptation it, it, oh. if darkness had a son here i am temptation is his father uh if darkness had a son here i am i bathe in holy water like he wants to get rid of what's what he's obsessed with which i think honestly is about porn addiction hmm. because um it, i don't know if you know this uh james hetfield the lead singer and lead guitar uh was uh actually lent his voice to a uh, to a documentary uh against pornography mm. about like its uh, terrible effects and stuff like that and they're pretty big or at least he is pretty big anti-porn warriors um and i suspect because he struggles with a massive uh temptation massive addiction himself would be my guess and the uh yeah so that's sort of my read on that uh, and again, like we did a whole podcast episode on on heavy metal and stuff, and like Lars has a sleeve, or not Lars, um, Hetfield has a sleeve, and the biggest part of that sleeve is uh, Jesus Christ and His Sacred Heart, fitting for the month of June. And it's not like in mockery or anything like that. It's an actual, like, legitimate, beautiful depiction of Jesus Christ. Now, again, and and Catholic image of Jesus Christ to boot. Now, again, like I don't think he goes to church, uh, but. But he's a beekeeper, and I'm pretty sure he's only been married <laughs> once. He's, he doesn't go to and, church, but he's a beekeeper. Well, <laughs> it's it's basically nice. the same thing. Basically the same thing. You know, a disciplined individual, and or, or tries to be. And uh, he's got three kids and stuff. And again, to my knowledge, they're not like completely out of control pell-mell. Now, granted, I don't keep up with his family life, and it's not public knowledge. But yeah, that's sort of my read of the band is they're interesting people. Again, like even even when Lars was like trying to burn down Napster and the internet, I wish how he <laughs> how I wish he'd succeeded. Yeah, that's like right. again, like the aspect of like the principle of of the thing was at stake for Lars. Now, granted, people would argue well, they just wanted more money, and, and maybe, but but at the same time, like Lars was really fighting over like the principle of artistic license and the ability to control one's work, mm-hmm. which is very American. I think he's Dutch. Anyways, um. <laughs> <laughs> welcome back to the Daily Swap Podcast. Did you record all that? Yeah, that was great. Holy smokes. That was good commentary. You can well, hear it. Roll, it. roll it. Roll for initiative. Roll a d20. Roll, just yeah, roll, roll the it. dice. Have roll you ever it. rolled a d20? No. I First time for everything. Which 11. Okay. okay. <laughs> 11. 11. We had, uh, was it Deacon, Deacon Jake Schneider was on the show Woo, recently? 11. Uh-oh. Here we go. We're, we're acting at the same time, just like okay. any podcast. Uh, six. Boop. 
Dude, man, you're back to basics. I know. Uh, we had Deacon Jake Schneider on. He rolled this thing. He had never rolled a D20 before and rolled a 20. Nat 20, baby. Nat 20 off the top. means nothing to you. You're giving us that deadpan look. Yeah, I don't get it. So it makes it makes huh. a lot more sense if you've played D&D. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, not, yeah, that's, that's not, not his cup of that's tea. Anyways. I'm Father Dan Kale. <laughs> I'm Father Stephen Felicia. Who Identify you? yourself. Roberto Gregory. Roberto. Roberto Gregorio. That's right. Dude. Yeah. Robert Ro- Gregory. Are you related to Emilio Estevez? No, that would oh. be cool, though. That would be wild. <laughs> what? What? Why, why would he be related to Emilio Estevez? Oh, no. It's like Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez are brothers. Did you know that? Oh, no. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not like, really with it. Martin, Martin with Sheen it. is. So, like, again, like, the mm. stage name is Sheen. But the uh, the original last name is Estevez. Really? And, oh yeah. Okay. Oh, you didn't know this? No. Oh yeah. <laughs> you ever see the Mighty Ducks, Roberto? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Like, can we stop calling him Roberto? What? I mean, huh? you introduced yourself as Roberto. I don't care if you call me Roberto. No, I don't care if you call okay. me Roberto. Okay. Thanks. So, thanks, kids. Thanks, thanks Robbie. <laughs> See, Robbie? see that this is an ongoing conversation. People ask me, "Well, how do you spell your name?" And because it's two B's, right? Is it two or not B's? Oh, here we go. Uh, this is, we're going to go down that path. Yeah, <laughs> Welcome to the jungle. Yeah. So, I mean, Rob or Robert? I get that, right? I'm yeah. like, well, it depends if you're angry or not. You know. I mean? <laughs> so yeah, I'm just whatever, man. Just call me Rob. Rob. What's your middle name? Edward. So three really? fir- three first names, yeah. Okay. Nice. Robert, Edward, Gregory. So. <laughs> nice. Just take your pick. Are you like the third? That would be awesome, no. too. Oh, oh. That's awesome. That's <laughs> dang it. I'm going to call you that's the okay. third. That's okay. My confirmation saint was Edward the Martyr, so I kind of have Edward in there, too, for me. Nice. There you go. So not that that means anything to you, but we... Uh, okay, keep him going. Hey, <laughs> what is it you say you do here? Well, he, he's doing recording a podcast. I understand us. that, but what does he usually do? You mean in terms of ministry? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been fortunate to tag team with some men to start the Armor of God men's movement. And then we created our own podcast, which is the Belt of Truth podcast. So, yeah. Which I've been, which I've had the great pleasure of being on a number of different times. I think Father Felicia, have you been on there? You've been a couple times? Just Uno. Just the one with me. Just one with me, right? Yeah. Our our producer said that's enough. We can't take that. (laughs) (laughs) That's why we had to start our own show. Uh, (laughs) The Belt of Truth won't let us both back on anymore. (laughs) This is turning into our Spanish episode. Apparently. I guess so. Wait a minute. Has anybody ever called you Bob or Bobby? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Was that? So, again, those are terms of of endearment. So I know that I'm a good favor then. So, if I I hear that so you'll always be just roberto to me that's and right that's the way it is <laughs> did you start off as bobby and become robert or of course there's a natural progression i mean you have to start with you know little robbie and then yeah i was danny i was See, danny I mean, yeah. yeah and to this day if, if i get like you know called from behind or whatever and it's they say danny and i'm like oh it's got to be someone who's known me since i was a boy oh danny you boy know, yeah, a cousin or an aunt or an uncle or something like that sure, so, sure. Danny. yeah yeah i mean that's just the way we roll so are you going to be father stevie no one ever dares. I have never been called Stevie. Really? I have been called Steve. His middle name is Wonder, though. What? So that would be oh, there we go. Stevie Wonder, the Felicia. man, Felicia. <laughs> Father Wonder. Father Wonder. Oh, man. Wonder what's happening next. But the, uh, no, no, no. I was called Steve a lot when I was a kid. Um, and like the, my, my grade school companions will call me Steve And then the army buddies call me Cheech. And, you know father steven from now on kind of thing which is just the way it is but yeah. i don't know i'm not upset i'm, I'm rather <laughs> laid back and happy you're not you're not hurt he, by it he's yeah. he's got a consistent uh state of rage yeah when i when i need to feel something i throw on metallica so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's my crutch yeah. don't be gracious. me kids that'll get you oh my gosh um anyways awesome 
So Armor of God. Yes. Armor of God. What is Armor of God and what's the what's sort of the mission? What's the where where did it come from? How did you get started with it? All those kind of things. Yeah, so the Cliff Notes version would be it in the, in the, on the onset of COVID, um, you know, we found ourselves as men kind of staring at a wall, sinking into a hole. And there was a group of us that got together. Um, there was a Crisio weekend that we were supposed to be on and it canceled. Mm. And so a group of guys got together and said, no, we, we can't, we can't sit on the sidelines. We have to do something. Um, our families are hurting. And the, the concept of uh, spiritual leadership kind of came about. And so we already had some priests that had committed to the Crisio weekend that was canceled. St. Felix was still open. So we just decided to, to rock our own retreat and we did. We had about 80 guys show up and uh, came together and really sharpened each other. Uh, we had some amazing witnesses, talks, catechesis, some time with Jesus at a time. I think we needed it more than any. And at that point, we got back from that retreat, came together as a group, sat down with Father Jay Horning, who's our spiritual director, and said, was this more than a retreat? And every single guy said, absolutely. Mm. This, is, this is a movement. And from there, we really discerned what that meant, and we put some legs on that in terms of how we can speak to men and really challenge them to reclaim their baptismal priestly authority. Sadly, we have a crisis in the country today and in the world um, with men being absent or unaware of their baptismal priestly authority. And so it became a movement very quickly, and it's grown tremendously over the last few years. And um, the, the need is there. It's great. Right now, our, I think our our goal is to try to find a way to walk side by side with the ordained priest um, to rise the layman up. And so, you know, there's been a dysfunctional relationship for many years in terms of men and families just sitting back, assuming that the clergy would take care of everything. And that is just not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a mistake. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry. No, I'm sorry. I, referencing the first part of this episode. Left the we're, priest. We're not really sure we're capable of that. <laughs> Thanks for that, though. Yeah. What would you say, could you give um, a definition or, or speak to, maybe maybe even at length, what you consider to be um, baptismal priestly authority for men? Well, obviously, it's not just for men, right? So, I mean, you know, by, via our baptism, we have, yeah. we have been um, instituted the priesthood. Um, sure. And, and again, I don't think that's talked about enough. The um, universal priesthood? Sure. Uh, I mean, you know. Via baptism, yeah. Yeah, and I don't think that that's discussed enough. It's starting to become more prevalent, I think, um, in some homilies. But but, but when it comes to, to the priesthood of the man, uh, we have the domestic church that needs to, to walk side by side with the local church and, mm-hmm. and work together. We just did an episode on the fact that the parents are the primary educators of the kid and the school mm-hmm. is supplemental. That right there is a paradigm shift. I think a lot of people send their kids to Catholic school and say, hey, I did my job. My kids are getting formed. Mm-hmm. It's not even possible. It's it's just I mean, they're only in school for a certain amount of hours a day, and they have to do reading, writing, and arithmetic. So it's just absolutely impossible for kids to get formed in their Catholic faith uh, completely inside the classroom. It has to be at home, mm-hmm. first and foremost. The school should be an overlap to that. So there's an example there of just the paradigm shift I think people need to take, which is, you know, these are these are our children. We are responsible for their souls. And I think for men, we've fallen asleep at the wheel. I know I did. I mean, I was a cradle Catholic. I checked the box for many, many years, lukewarm at best. 
It was one of the beautiful gifts of COVID was. <laughs> yes, those beautiful gifts of COVID. Yeah, and there's a few. Go on. There no, were, no, no, there I were some. There were yeah. real ones. Yeah, one of them is that you know when when the sacraments were taken away from us for about twelve weeks, mm. you know, men had a choice to make: either dig in and fight for your family, or you sit in the corner. And there's a group of us that got together and said, you know, we're not going to sit in the corner. We're going to, we're going to dig in, we're going to fight and, Mm -hmm. you know, we're going to bring the sacraments to our family. We're going to rise up. We're going to properly catechize ourselves and our families. And I think that's the answer to your question, Father, uh, is that, you know, there's, there's a, a leadership role that men have in their homes that has been neglected for far too long. And we're seeing the effects of that in society today. It's pretty pretty easy to point to that oh yeah no i mean but one of my least favorite favorite statistics you know 25 percent of of children are or no excuse me 50 percent of children are being raised in households without fathers at this point uh yeah what is it 25 percent of of children are are i can't remember the terrible statistic something like like being conceived out of wedlock and stuff like that. And, yeah. and again, like not that there isn't mercy and all sorts of things like that, but, but these are our statistics, which are like going to destroy society. Like those are, those are world war level statistics and we haven't fought in a world war in 80 years. So like, where are the men and what does that mean for the children? Well, barbarism is the word that comes to mind almost immediately. But, and again, and hence like the state trying to reach in, Anyways, I'm ranting. You can. I'm going to get off my soapbox before I go too far. But the. Uh, but no. You know the statistic that I I remember recently hearing, which was eye opening, is that it's a ninety percent indicator as to whether or not the kids stay in the faith, as to whether or not their father practices the faith. Right. It's ninety percent. I mean, that's outrageous. Mm-hmm. If that doesn't put a bullseye on the man in the home, I don't know what does. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, if you truly do care about the souls of your children. Well, why do you think there is a crisis in, in masculinity? Like what, what do you, do, can you attribute a cause to it? Or? Well, I think, you know, if, if you look at history, you know, society started changing the value system in the early six or mid sixties. Um, I mean, in terms of just, you know, just the whole sexual revolution that started kind of this paradigm, I think of changing the narrative as to where we placed our values. And mm-hmm. um, from there, it's just kind of been a, just a gateway um, and, we're just giving things away right and left in terms of personal religious freedoms. And, um, yeah, there's, there's, we could spend hours unpacking that. Sure, sure, sure. But, but I, but I do believe that if we don't pay close attention to this now, you know, we may get to a point where the family is completely lost. And I, I did an episode with, with Jason Everett and he, he used a phrase that really struck me. He said, when it comes to the spiritual battle in which we're fighting, and like it or not, we're in a spiritual battle. And if you don't even acknowledge that, then you're not paying attention. <laughs> you're going to lose mm-hmm. bad. Yeah, you know, first and foremost. But the spiritual battle that we're in, if if you look at it, the family is the weapon. The family is the weapon against Satan. And mm-hmm. there is no question that Satan has um, has kind of focused his energy on tearing down the family. I think it's, it's a brilliant plan. Um, you know, if if you can take down the the husband, who then leaves the family vulnerable, you know he just runs rampant in homes. Um, you know, one of your brother priests uh, told me before that the, the 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 algorithm is simple, which is if you can get the man right, the man can protect and and nurture the family. If the family thrives instead of survives, mm-hmm. then society heals. 
And I thought, man, that's absolutely true. Um, you know, it, it's crazy simple to, to look at why we're in this position and what we need to do to get out of it. The problem is people are stuck. And by stuck, I mean they're either lost and they don't have a true beacon in terms of where they need to go or they don't know how to get out. And, you know, I think there's a, a myriad of ways for us to introduce that into men's lives. And that's what we're trying to do. It, first thing we do at the Armor of God is challenge men to get what's called a core mission. Mm-hmm. It's a repeatable on-demand statement that governs their decision making. And so, you know, I, I've, I'm struck, Father, by how many people I talk to, how many men I talk to. And I say, you know, do you have a discerned, repeatable on-demand statement that governs your decision making? <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> So my initial reaction to that is, how can you lead your family if you're lost? Mm. I mean, you're a ship without a rudder just aimlessly getting pushed around in today's world. I mean, mm-hmm. how can you be a leader? And why would you expect your family to be anchored if, in fact, you're not anchored yourself? Now, so just so I have clarity, you're talking about like a mission statement, right? Sure, or an ideal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there's various ways to, to, to frame express that. It. Sure, sure, sure. sure. So we, we kind of take a little bit different approach in, in making it kind of a, a simplistic... Um, discerned, repeatable on-demand statement. And, w- and the reason I say that is because given throughout your day, if you have a, a moment of your day where you have a tough decision to make, you know, mm-hmm. example, you know, I'm looking through Fox News and there's a scantily clad ad. ad yeah. yeah. So, okay, I'm going to lean on my core mission statement right now. You know, mm-hmm. is Give me it- an example of, your, of your, your, repeat the phrase for me. What's yours? So mine is act like Jesus is in the room because he is. Hmm. So, let me let me unpack that for you a second. Now, again, that took months for me to discern that in the oratory. It wasn't like an overnight thing. Mm-hmm. And everyone everyone has a different one. But for me, so like if I'm in my office and I have a moral quandary, I just say, act like Jesus is in the room because he is. And then it, it brings me clarity as to which way I go with my decision. If my daughter at home is really challenging me and I'm getting really angry. Yeah. Act like Jesus in the room because he is, it really centers my thought process as to where I want to go with that discussion. Um, you know, my wife, you know, I want to look at her like Jesus would look at her. So that's what works for me. Um, just based on my life and background and where I want to go. I've had other men tell me their core missions and, and it's something along the lines of, um, I want to be a vigilant, saint to get my wife and kids to heaven, something along those sure. lines. And they can use that throughout the day to really kind of measure their tough decisions or when they're feeling down. But again, just having that is step one, because if you don't have anything guiding you, and like you said, it could be an ideal, it could be a mission statement. We don't accept that in business. We don't accept that in sports you know, having a lack of vision or goals. You oh, know? no. I mean, you don't have a business if you don't have a – if, I, if yeah. I'm a shoe company and I'm not interested in selling shoes, I won't be around much longer. It's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. And, again, if I'm a, a man and living in the world and I don't know what I'm doing here, I'm going to be a slave. All there is to it. And I feel like the majority of men and families are becoming enslaved, mm-hmm. if not already. Right. Mm-hmm. I agree with you 100%. Well, it's just the nature of it. Again, human beings are, are weak and and easily fooled yeah. and and will be led ter- down terrible paths. History is replete with plenty of examples of that. Amen. A few of them still in living memory and plenty of them still on the news. Yeah. But well the the other thing that we're seeing is as we get so so I would say we, we the last 2 years we've really tried to activate men and get them to be alert 
to their baptismal priestly authority, the, the outright requirement of them to rise up and lead their families. That, that was step one. Now we're in a phase where it's like, okay, men are starting to understand that and they're trying. But then there's this dynamic of, but they haven't been doing that for many years. So then they <laughs> yeah, come home and they're like, behind. yeah, and then they come home and the, the wife and the kids and, and the families are like, okay, so you're doing this now? And they don't fully trust or believe that. Mm-hmm. And you got to rewin that. And so I'm really talking to guys about, hey, you got to be patient with that. You know, you can't just come home tomorrow full of zeal and say, all right, I'm, I finally got it. I, I know I've fallen asleep at the wheel. I haven't been leading this family. We're, it's all done today. No, it's a slow crawl. And I, I do think that there's this natural tug of war where we have failed women so bad. As, and I say this because I have a wife and, and five daughters. Um, and, you You're know. a blessed man. Yeah. And, and just to just, just speak honestly about it, um, again, because I don't want to sound like I've always had this figured out. It's been a long journey for me. Uh, it's only been the last few years that I've really kind of figured some of this stuff out. So, you know, my wife and kids have told me it wasn't until I quit drinking a year and a half ago and started going to daily mass cool. that they could look at me and say, I, I, I trust you. I, I believe you. Mm-hmm. So it took that kind of commitment and change in our home for that to be real. Prior to that, it was, you know, there were highs and lows in terms of my commitment level. Um, but it wasn't until that kind of change happened in our home. So I, I just want men to know that, you know, it, it has to happen, first of all, but it's not going to be easy, especially mm-hmm. if you haven't been living that kind of life. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, what do you think about podcasting? Uh, listen, I... I I will say this. This is the first time in my life I've been truly docile to the Holy Spirit. And that was a term before that I was like, uh, what is that? That's that, that sounds hooey to me. So this whole journey, um, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a driven, goal-oriented guy. Um, but this has been totally Jesus taking the wheel. So for me, I didn't know anything about podcasts, nothing. And it just so happened that we had a guy who owned a media company in Indianapolis come to one of our retreats and was just set on fire. And he grabs me. He's like, hey, I got an idea. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so That sounds familiar. Now yeah. this is happening. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So we, you know, I said, I'll give it a shot. You know, we'll see what happens. And, you know, we've been doing our podcast for uh, less time than you. Um, and I'm learning every time. But I don't know anything about media or podcasting. Nothing. Dude, so, you're speaking my language. Yeah. So <laughs> I think your podcast is outrageous. It's, it, I mean, <laughs> I don't disagree. It's good. It's Every really sense good. of the word. It's really good. And yeah. you know, you, you look at this and you, you look at like Joe Rogan, he'll, he'll just go for three hours, right? Oh, yeah. And people love that. It's the first, the first time that. we've been compared to Joe Rogan <laughs> in a good way. I'll take in it. Very, very in a good way. way. In a good yeah. way. Yeah. yeah. In a good way. Um, you want to talk about UFOs after this? Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, we have an episode on that, but we can talk about UFOs. Get you some but hang on, but come on. First. Yeah. I'm yeah. just going to just drink some coffee here from my throat. Hang on. You mean out of your squirt bottle, by mm. the way. That is I took the lid off of it. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's Cold awesome. brew. Yeah. Well, I mean, to answer your question, I, I've i enjoyed it. Um, here's what I'll say about our show. My wife 
she she really said she keeps me humble. She's she said, Rob, the pe- people like your show because you're a poorly catechized Catholic mm. and you're very curious, asking a lot of questions. <laughs> and, I, and I would say that's that's probably true. Our show's an on ramp, really, um, for for people. Um, you know, we've we've had Bishop on a couple times. We've had you guys. We've had plenty of priests, plenty of lay apostolate leaders, just really spotlighting what's going on in the world in the diocese. And, um, and again, I am poorly catechized and asking a lot of questions. So for yeah. that, it's just been fun. I've learned a lot. An example of that is, um, you know, I interviewed, uh, father Mark Gertner on, uh, oh, righteous. on marriage nullity. And, mm-hmm. and even though that topic doesn't necessarily affect me, um, I learned a ton. Yeah. I, I, I just, well, in studying marriage nullity, you'll learn a lot about what marriage is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's the, yeah, the vice versa sort of thing. You're learning from the via negativa what what marriage really is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's absolutely. good. So with those things, I've learned a lot. I enjoy it, and hopefully, people are are taking something from it. So it's been pretty cool. No, glory be to God. Again, like the more again, we take our cues sort of from Colby, and like, how can I reach people and and give them Jesus? Oh well, there's this thing called the internet, and you can just basically do your own radio show. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, sounds good. And if you've got a, a German counterpart who's willing to put it all together, I can sit here and talk into a can all day. <laughs> <laughs> Have you practiced that, by the way? Or was, what did you just make that up? Well, I mean, like I'm so part of me is like riffing off of movies I've seen. Okay, but yeah, like eighty percent of that's just me like stitching together random memories and thoughts and throwing it out there and see if Frankenstein will walk down the road. But please tell me that you've already agreed to donate your brain to science. Well, oh, <laughs> they wouldn't want it. Yeah, uh, they're going to have to um, fight the monster for it. That's all. But you know, I'll put it this way. You know, I think we we should. Um, people should see us as, as a little bit dangerous because you know it's always it's always been a little bit dangerous when you get Germans and Italians together to do anything. That's <laughs> so true. Dangerous and foolish, and that makes you dangerous, which yes. is a semi reference to Top Gun. But the uh, man, who's, oh, yeah. who's more the fool though, the fool or the fool who follows him? I think you got the line right. That's Star Wars. Anyways, the um, wow, so you guys mo- are great. Most <laughs> of what happens in in like, or I don't know, this is like more of a mid or early two thousand thing, and I think it's starting to wear off, which makes me sad. But but we used to communicate. And I speak here of Americans. I think uh, in in cinematic phrases, in cinematic tribes. So if I say, you're killing me, Smalls, what is that reference? Uh, Sandlot. Nailed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So immediately we have a common frame of, of reference, a common story. Mm-hmm. And and so you're like, I get that reference, right. which is also a clever reference back to uh, the Avengers. And, but, but like, so we're on a same page. We have a shared story in common and it's communicating a common thought. Yeah. So again- Was that Captain America- where yeah, he, well, he finally gets a reference. It's, it's, it's something about the flying monkeys, I oh, think. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. And, and in fact, like Star Trek did a whole episode on this. Welcome to the Deus Vault podcast, where we're just going to go off on tangents. Yeah. But like Star Trek did a whole episode on this called Darmok. And I think, have we talked about that episode? We need to do a podcast on Darmok. Is this the one where they like only speak in references they to their history? only speak in references to their, to their stories. Yeah. Right. So like there's aspects, uh, and, and Troy does a decent something, enough something job explaining Jalad, it. Something Jalad. Darmok and Jalad at Tanagra. Anyways, yeah, right. and like, you know. What is it? Shaka, run the walls fell. <laughs> Anyways, so like if you know the story, like you get the, the the reference or the metaphor or whatever it is, the analogy. And and so like they're 
their universal translator, which is how they normally communicate, isn't communicating. All they're getting is these like phrases. So it'd be almost like, you know, Juliet on the balcony if you were talking about like pining for like love or something like that. And, but, yeah. but we don't know the stories this alien culture is. So like the alien kidnaps Picard mm-hmm. and takes him down to a planet where they have to fight a, a monster with knives. And meanwhile, the crew Benny, of the, the Enterprise. Jet, when the beast chased him. Right. right. Anyways. <laughs> and, and so like they, they begin to make sense of it. And Picard, of course, yeah. being Jean-Luc Picard, starts to figure it out and it, it becomes quite Shakespearean, which is beautiful by the end. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> what was I saying? Oh, the cinematic uh, uh, tribalism. Yeah. So I make a reference to Sandlot, and, and you immediately pick up on it, and right. we can maneuver from there. Okay, cool. Um, but, like, that's starting to go away. Like, there aren't a lot of shared movies anymore, mm-hmm. and, and certainly not cleverly written ones anymore. Sandlot's brilliant. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe it's not brilliant, but there was enough humanity left in that writer. A movie's only as clever as its writer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there was enough humanity in that team of writers and in that writer that, that like, it appeals to, like, a to a almost an innocent sense of America. Mm-hmm. Like, and and... And for the record, there are no sequels to Sandlot. And there better not be, or any remakes for that matter, Hollywood. There are no sequels. Did you just look it up? No. Oh, you already know. No. Oh, is that like there are no... No, No, I'm saying that there are none. (laughs) There are sequels to Sandlot. Dang it! But I don't recognize them. (laughs) Oh, I see what you're saying. That's what I mean by that. There are no sequels. You're dead to me. Yeah. 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 You like, did that, Hollywood. You did that. That's on you. That's Somebody right. answers for that at the last day. That's Anyways. right. That's right. Who here wrote the sequel to Sandlot? <gasps> <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Immediately pulls the lever. Just, ah. <laughs> wow. Falls right through, right through the hell. Welcome to the wow. Well podcast. Wow. The point is, like, we don't have a shared... Um, story anymore and like america was sort of getting by with hollywood mm-hmm. with stuff and now right. nobody watches the same movies not in any sort of quantity where we can share the lines like that and sure again like part of the part of why father stephen felicia's rhetoric is reasonably powerful is somewhere in there my skull is absorbed decent popular culture and can manipulate it quickly enough to, to merge it with a couple other references from like Star Trek or Star Wars or Batman or anything like that. Sure. And it just comes tumbling out of my tongue, off the tongue. And, and by the grace of God, it's sometimes baptized. And so you can work it into to, to reality. Um, Which is why we kind of have the, the one of the catchphrases of our show is that everything is Catholicism. Well, yeah. Because you can sort of take, you can take the true elements of the world as they're given to you and restitch them back together into uh a nice tapestry that is the truth yeah right. it's a, a representation of of the divine mystery in well, the end to put down like the analogy of frankenstein's monster i mean like I, i'm not i'm not creating a monster here but i'm, I'm baptizing the monster <laughs> and then the monster becomes more alive and, and better than it was like our all of our baptisms that's all Anyway, I think. Anyways, if I'm way <laughs> off, like, again, this is just me doing guesswork, you know, without the safety of a net. <laughs> well, it is. You're it, doing great. It's with the, there is no safety on the net. We're going to throw this out on the net and then things will happen. What I like People about, used to refer to uh, it as a net. What the, I like about net. your show is that you're allowed to hit the table. Oh, sometimes. Uh, we're you're not know, allowed to hit the table. For I was going to say, because <laughs> that's one of the first no-nos in our, play, in our yeah. recordings is don't, don't hit Feel the table. Feel free. Father Rob, Steve slap this like, table. No, no, yeah. don't hit yeah! the table. Yeah! Isn't that great? Isn't that It still applies here. It doesn't mean that I can actually keep the monster tethered. <laughs> one, day, one of these days, I'm going to come in here. 
I'm going to have you sit down in that chair. I'm going to have someone hold you there. I'm going to duct tape you to that chair with your arms behind it so you can't hit the table. I can get table. my feet up on this table. Watch this. Both of them. Wow. Yeah, there they are. Wow. Like yeah. You're Anyways, and, and again, a man who shows up with a squirt bottle full of coffee is ready for anything. Yeah, he just be <laughs> really. <laughs> One day I walked in with a Listen, firearm I needed to clean. We didn't do it on the air. The, the, the person who gave you this coffee, you know who you are. <laughs> you did this to Father Kale. This is your fault. That's right. <laughs> yeah, blame she's, you. She's laughing her butt off right now. Probably. I can hear, it. I can hear it in my, in in the my future. mind's ear. It's neither here nor uh, there. Here, roll for initiative again. Yeah, we're... Where were we? Ah, nine. Not doing what you that got? Great. Okay, so this is an ongoing thing. We're just it happens. Seventeen. Wow, check okay. that out. Okay, okay. What you got, man? Kale totally flubs the roll. Two. Oh <laughs> my gosh! Doing great. You're hanging by threads, I guy. Know, I know. Anyways, well, I'm six. I'm going down. Also. Anyways, step away I'm from the edge. I'm coming down. <laughs> okay, so Rob, what's next then? What is like? I thought we were going to keep rolling the dice. Well, <laughs> well, that's what's what's happening next is we are metaphorically rolling anyway, the dice. Yeah, okay, I knew that was right. coming next. So no, but I mean for for armor of God, what's sort of like the next part of the mission that you hope to see accomplished? Do you guys have some things you things you're willing to talk about, or um, you know, going forward? Are you just gonna are you staying steady where you are right now? So here's where I think the Catholic Church sucks is where on. Okay. only on the Dave's Vault podcast Good. can you say that. Nice. <laughs> is there Charity. Are, there are a lot of apostolates and ministries, and I feel like even though they're driven by the Spirit, we're going different directions. Mm. So I feel like one of our biggest passions right now is to how how awesome would it be if if Rekindle the Fire, Curcio Armor of God, Christ Reduces Parish, Holy League, Knights of Columbus can all sit down in the same room. That'd be and, amazing. And say, you know what, Rekindle, you do a brilliant job of a, of a one-day conference. Once a year, you crush that. Let's all get behind supporting that. And how awesome would it be if we said, hey, you know, Curcio, you guys are, are catechizing at a high level, renewing faith. You do a great job of retreats. Let's get behind and support that. And Armor of God could could do our monthly spiritual briefings and our podcast, and and we can have those guys get behind us. And Holy League, we can do adoration throughout. So to answer your question, my passion is to try to unify all of these movements um, so we're not tripping over each other and we can you know that would be amazing. Yeah, you have an army background, right? I yeah. Mean, so it's like knowledge. Yeah. So I mean, I'm told. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, how how diluted have we become on the spiritual battlefield if if we're not unified in our efforts? And I feel like that's one of my biggest things right now is like we got to get on the same page. Now, I've been warned by several priest friends, which are very wise, that say, "Hey." Remember that you're dealing with human beings. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there's humanity here. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, the humanity. Yeah, so that's a good one. I know that one. Okay, the um, Hindenburg was actually a historical event. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you're you're a you're a tough nut to crack. That's for sure. In it's, what sense? I'm just a nut. It's really hard to crack a nut that's already cracked. Well, sanity is for the weak. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about right there. <laughs> so yeah, to your to your point, I think uh, the next phase is to really figure out a way for us to strengthen our diocese by making sure that we're working together instead mm-hmm. of drawing away from each other, whether it be some, something as simple as calendars where we're, we're not having events near one another's events to actually legit linking arms and going on the spiritual battlefield together. Right. That would be the next phase. 
Uh, in addition to, like I said, I mean, we're trying to arm men to understand that once they take hold of that baptismal priestly authority, what are they going to do with it? And I've had a lot of guys ask me, well, I don't even know what a spiritual leader is. I know I'm supposed to be one, mm. but I don't even know what it is. So putting some color on what that means is is another thing that we're spending time doing. Uh, where do we get the root from? Um, what's what's the foundation that needs to be set up so that men actually know what that means? Like, where are they going to get that from? Uh, scripture. I mean, is probably. I mean, Ephesians is. It gives you a kind of a benchmark for that. I mean, that's what we've. Uh, kind of tailored the armor of God from, mm-hmm. um, you know, St. Joseph, <laughs> you know, there's plenty of places to draw that from. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it's going to be somewhat fluid too, because by no means are we saying that women don't have a role. I mean, of course they do. And and women can be leaders too. I'm not saying that at all. And you have a good working relationship with kingdom builders, don't you? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah the, absolutely. The, re- the reality is it's, I, I think we could, do, we could uh, say that a lot of the leadership in the, on the spiritual realm for our families within the past couple, maybe maybe generations, has been done by women. I mean, and and the it's not that we're saying that that shouldn't be <laughs> the case. What we are saying is that men need to take up their responsibility again. The overwhelming majority of women I speak to <clears throat> would would say exactly what you said, yeah. which is they were kind of forced to take on that role, right? And they they would be refreshed to to know that their husbands um, would take on that role and and, right. fa- and frankly I feel like this gets straight to the core issue which is women don't trust men when yeah. it comes to that they don't have a reason to mm-hmm. and so you know that's that's something we have to do is rebuild that faith and trust um, and that that is an uphill climb especially if you turn on the news today and look at all the distractions that are there you know we we've got to find a way. To, to get back to basics. Right. And so, but yeah, I, I think that's the core issue is kids don't, don't fully trust their parents. I mean, an example of that would be this. <clears throat> We've talked about this recently. You know, we tell the kids that the faith is important. We send them to Catholic school, but we're rolling into mass five minutes after it starts. I mean, that's a, that's a confusing message to your child. Oh, sure. You know, if you're not placing value on the highest form of your prayer and you're not but you'll go to a Colts football game and you'll sit in the front row and you'll be there. And Do whatever it takes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look at that. Paint yourself blue. That's exactly right. So, I mean, <laughs> that's, that's real. So yeah. we talk Cult. about, we yeah. talk about that. Like, you know, your, your actions speak louder than your words. And so, you know, I think your kids and your wife are going to be confused if you're going to say things like, you know, this is important. Our faith's important, but you're not living it. Mm-hmm. And truly, authentically living your faith at home, you know that's that's a big deal. So again, when my kids saw me get up and go to daily mass, they started going, "Oh, he means that. Like that that's real, right?" Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. So that's an example of that. What's important to you is what you spend your time and your money on. Sure, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, we have an out of balance system right now with with men placing far too much value on sports um, and other things or anything else. Again, like the death of masculinity comes from comfort sure comes because the man naturally tends towards laziness like herodias is the one who wants to get john the baptist murdered like herod would be happy just listening to the guy talk like oh it's my favorite talk radio program i keep him in my basement in chains and the the wife's like this has got to end and and, or the 
not wife anyways <laughs> but the um but no like there it is men are addicted to comfort but the thing that inspires i think trust in women is like look at what this man is is willing to suffer and die for kind of thing mm-hmm. and and like obviously that can be poison too but but right there is is like no he's up early and he's doing something and that's not my husband you know and i mean that in the best sense like sure. my my husband wants to Lie on the couch, and that was the classic one. Yeah, but the uh, and hence Homer Simpson. The um, but well, I've I've made mention of Norman Rockwell's Sunday Morning. Oh yeah, you have uh, the early version of the have Simpsons you, have you seen in, this? in portrait no. form. Oh. Okay, so, Nor- so so Norman Rockwell was the famous uh, famous mm-hmm. artist painter, right? Um, and had it's all this Americana art uh, from classic nineteen fifties kish, like yeah, you know, yeah. newspaper man working industriously to track down a lead, and right. little Bo- boy fishing with his dog. Yeah, a bunch of boys standing on a basketball court, you know, mm-hmm. dressed dressed like they would in the fifties to play basketball, and they're arguing over something, you know, whatever. But then there's this one called Sunday Morning, in which uh, in the foreground you see a man in his PJs, and he's got a newspaper in front of him, a cigarette sticking out of his fingers, and he's looking looking dream. looking over his shoulder to see behind him. You can see in the in the background the mother and two girls and a little boy marching out in their sunday best out of the house um and the little boys looking back and look little boys looking mm. over at his dad mm. right yeah so this was even recognizable in the time of norman rockwell mm. like um if that doesn't cut you right there it's it should wow in fact i want to get a big a gigantic version of this portrait and i'm going to put it out in the front of my uh, parish church when I moved to St. Robert's. <laughs> yeah. Just to sort of... No, that's Everything good. is I Catholicism. Mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'll I mean, take it. So for us, so the, 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 the formula for us is to get men... You asked a question about how a man can put some color on being a spiritual leader. So for us, it's, it's a core mission statement, discerning a core mission. We even break that down to how you do that. So we don't leave you on an island all by yourself. We give you a checklist on how to discern a core mission. From there... We go into um, shedding your shadow life. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we, we identify the fact that a lot of men live in, in a shadow life. You know, there's a big difference between what you present at, at work or to your friends and what really goes on behind closed doors. Basically growing in integrity. Yeah. That's, that's and and get rid of duplicity, right? Right. Um, so that's step two. Step three would be get into holy fraternity. So you know, we have to have accountability, especially men. We need that. And so in an intentional accountability group that meets weekly, uh, disciplined, it's not the rah-rah session. It's not what we call the liars club. We're not talking about football. We specifically get into your weekly piety, study, apostolic action, and your God moment mm-hmm. every week, like clockwork, holy fraternity. And then from there, we identify spiritual warfare because after you've taken these first three steps, you have to get into the fact that you have to acknowledge we are in the spiritual battle. So, you know, realizing that Satan has a plan for you just as much as God has a plan for you and really attacking that on a daily basis is, is a big deal. I can tell you guys that I've known for a couple of years that are following this this path, you know, they'll say out loud right in the middle of the day, Satan be gone, like, or they'll start renouncing things. That's and I, brilliant. And I'm like... That this is this works like mm-hmm. this legit works. Mark the beast. Draw Absolutely, it out. Yeah. yeah. So the that, that's an exa- uh, example and an answer to your question, Father Kale, is that how we can form men into the spiritual leadership role. It's not like we're just talking about it and throwing it up against the wall and see if it sticks. I mean, there's a there's a <laughs> there's a legit path forward. Yeah. Um, all of which has been discerned. Um, and a lot of this, you know, just like most things in the world, has already been scripted for us before. We just have to pay attention. Ooh, uh, yeah. 
Now, is Armor of God, is that something that's only uh, a local thing in our diocese, or is it spreading at all? Well, so, I mean, we don't have a patent on that term, right? I mean, there are multiple versions of that throughout the country, I'm sure. Um, You know, we just started this again to supplement a canceled retreat, and then from there, just for the first time in my life, was completely, utterly docile to the Holy Spirit. And from there, we... My wife said this to me before, we have got to get our house in order. Mm. And I've studied the word order a lot and what that really means. So the answer to your question is, the focus is to get our parishes in order and then our diocese in order. And then we'll go from there. But by no means is this designed to be anything more than that. Mm. I mean, if, if it heals our parish and our individual homes and then our diocese that's a game changer mm-hmm. so it you know that that may take my lifetime right there and i'm okay with that mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of work to be done so yeah you know our website of armingmen.com kind of encapsulates everything that we're doing in our group but we don't have a script you know the thing is like Curcio, which i was really fortunate to be a part of for for many years and, and really affected me at a deep level in a good way they have a a manual that they go through. Mm. So every week, you know, you do this, every meeting you do this, and then all the way to the retreat, you know, this person does this. We don't have that. So what's good about that is we don't have that. What's bad about that is we don't have that. (laughs) So, (laughs) um, you know, it's a lot of prayer, a lot of discernment. Um, Again, but but I know it's been guided by the Spirit because the things that have been said, the things that have happened are not from me. There's just no way. Sure. There's just no way. Yeah. Glory to God. Yeah. That's how you know you're on the right path. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> Good. Gosh. Are you excited? Like, like, does, are you just like thrilled to be Catholic every morning or, or like, how do you feel when you get up or, or how does, how have you changed? Personally? Yeah. yeah. So, so for me, uh, I, f- I found tremendous hope and that's kind of what I brought out in our show is, you know, I end every episode with the question to the guest, are you hopeful? Because yeah. no matter what topic we tackle, um, bringing it full circle to the fact that you're hopeful. I'll tell you this. I was angry in the middle of COVID, mm-hmm. really angry. And again, that's when we started Armor of God. Is it, And Father Jay Horning, good friend of mine, said to me, he goes, Rob, you did a really good job of picking up the rifle and going to battle for your family during that time when people were taking away personal religious freedoms and mm-hmm. we were getting put in the corner. But I forgot to put the rifle down for a minute, mm. and I was in battle mode for quite some time. Um, and I had to learn how to speak in charity, uh, you know, keep that righteous anger, but to speak in charity. It was something I had to learn. Um, mm-hmm. And then I also had to learn to be what my wife will call the right size, humility. She's like, hey, <clears throat> you have to be the right size. So there are moments where you need to be big, and then there are moments you need to tone it down. So really for me, learning how to be the right size has been on my heart. And then I found tremendous peace and joy in the ultimate surrender that I've felt over the last couple of years to know that the battle's already won. And like Father Dan uh, Scheid says, we're the cleanup crew. Um, you know, I, I truly believe that. So, um, you know, getting with the expanded lectionary and getting the additional scripture with daily mass. Mm-hmm. I feel like as a poorly catechized Catholic, I'm really <laughs> starting to get things. This this last Easter season was the first of my life 
that my eyes were this wide open. Mm. I absolutely loved it. I love the Acts of the Apostles. I I would have just been numb to that stuff many, many years ago. Like sure, just in sure. one ear and out the, the other. Somebody's talking up there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got to stand up. <laughs> I, yeah, seriously. That's real. <laughs> no, I, I know. That's true. Been there. That's true, man. So like for me, that's the answer to your question. I'm alive. Uh, I'm, I'm joyful. I'm, I'm peaceful. I'm hopeful. Um. And I'm learning to be the right size. There, there probably will come a, a day again where we'll have to pick the rifle up, mm-hmm. right? What we just experienced the last few years was, you know, a good friend of mine taught me a phrase. He said, what you need to do instead of getting so upset is say, thanks for letting me know. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what do you mean by that? And he goes, well, wh- you just got answers. People just identified themselves. They just mm-hmm. told you who they were. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, that's a good way to look at it. Like I look to my left and I look to my right and I'm like, Thanks for letting me know. I know who's in my boat and who's not in my boat, and I know who I can rely on and who I can't. That goes from political leaders, school officials, clergy. Next door neighbors. Yeah. I mean, now we know. And so, you know, as we go forth in the spiritual battle, you know, we we need to be very careful about who we align ourselves with as we move forward because, yeah. you know. Oh, this is key to any team, and especially the Army team. Yeah. The uh, – and, and – the church, obviously, as a whole, it, what God is always Jesus Christ at the Last Supper prays for unity, and again, like it, and the elements that do not belong in His body go forth, kind of thing, and it's just the way it is. Anti something, something. Anyways, the uh, but glory be to God because He'll take anybody presuming they want Him, and as you said, like how 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 can I how I can't lose? We're already all set for this to go gangbusters oh and it's father jay horning's uh anniversary of his ordination Mm. today there you go yeah he's he's uh he's on my heart man he's he's a great dude um he he gave me this oh you got a coin yeah look at that that cool he's that's his core mission that his actual core mission on a coin um that he gave me look at that yeah isn't that cool um yeah he's he's on my heart he's a great great dude and he was he was there from the beginning where where people were were again cowering to fear sitting on the sidelines at the onset of covid um father jay was right there man he was right there with us as we tried to to build the armor of god mm-hmm. he didn't even blink he was there the whole time i like him too yeah and and he he has just been um a beacon for us and I, I have to give him a lot of credit because um he didn't have to do that you know what i mean mm-hmm. he showed his heart to us and, and he deserves a lot of credit for that he's awesome shout out to jay horning yeah. happy anniversary guy that's right man father jay yeah sweet well good i think we're coming kind of to the close of this episode um you know rob is there anything else that you wanted to add about about the mission of armor of god or uh or anything else about the Belt the Truth podcast, stuff you're looking forward to, anything, um, anything final This is comments? your chance to advertise or to or, shamelessly plug something. <laughs> or, or also, uh, you know, anything that you were thinking about maybe bringing up in conversation on the way here or last <laughs> night that, you, that we didn't get to yet, you know, that you wanted we to We went down of... some dark tracks of Sandlot and Metallica. So <laughs> if there was like, I really wanted to talk about confirmation. Yeah, I don't sure. know. <laughs> Well, you know, a good friend of mine, Mary Jo Parrish, when I sat down with her at the very beginning to discern what we could or should do with Armor of God, she challenged me to make sure that I knew that I was called to lead the leaders. Mm. So when I say that, you know, the goal always was that this wasn't the Rob Gregory show. Um, And so 
we've already transitioned there for Armor of God. Um, we have a, a 501c3 board of directors, and you know, I am not the guy driving that, which is great. Um, we do have uh, a chairperson now, and we do have um, a group of men that are stepped into leadership roles, and that makes me feel joyful that it's sustainable, that there's other men that see the value of that. Now, I will say, as the world has kind of come back from COVID and there's a, a, the distractions are starting to come back in terms of... Forget the new normal. We're yeah. back to the old normal. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Ish. Yeah, exactly. So we're starting to see that, that men are getting kind of sucked back into that. And where we were kind of one of the only things they could do, we had higher attendance and higher engagement levels. And yeah, I think it's going to be a new struggle is to keep this relevant to men. Sure. So I guess my appeal to people listening, whether it's it's a wife or a, a child, is to, to nudge your, your husband or your father. You need mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. You have to do this. Yeah. Um, you know, the other thing is for me, my call out is for people to, to really embrace the mass. That's my passion. I mean, it's our highest form of prayer. I feel like the overwhelming majority of Catholics, specifically Catholic men, do not full, fully embrace or, or understand the Mass. They don't. Mm-hmm. It's been a lot of self-teaching for me, and um, one, one little shameless plug is uh, Bishop and I got together and we, we discerned a new uh, endeavor, which we're going to call the St. Paul School of Leaders. Mm. And this is a true school of leaders uh, that has a semester at a time um, so it starts this fall, actually, and um, there are 50 lay faithful going into that school of leaders. Hardcore, and, man. Yeah, Father Mark Hellinger is going to teach. Oh, righteous. Um, and Father Dan Scheid, as well as uh, Bishop himself, and oh. then some of the diocesan uh, staff. So we're going to get a pretty high level of theology, but the goal is to really bridge the gap between the lay man or woman and the ordained priest in terms of that knowledge. Mm-hmm. Now, we can't get to a one-to-one level. That's not going to happen. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That's yeah. not the goal either. No, no. So, but I felt like there was a huge gap there. And, you know, as somebody who became alive recently and, again, is poorly catechized, I was like, well, I want more. Yeah. And so for me, instead of trying to get a Master's of Divinity online with Steubenville, I went to Bishop and I'm like, we could, I'm sure there's something else we could do. And he was like, you know what? I had this idea in Harrisburg and it, it was taking shape. And then he was like, you know, and I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm here. And then he, uh, uh, Bishop Darcy had started something that eventually got rolled up to an MA at, at Notre Dame. So we wanted something more practical for people to go to. So you asked, I'm telling you what's on my heart. The last, the last piece is, um, for people to arm themselves with, with the knowledge, because we have a beautiful, deep tradition in our faith, mm-hmm. but sadly, most of us don't really know it. Mm-hmm. And how can you pass on the faith to your, your family? How can you transmit the faith to your family if you don't know it yourself? And I think that's the next phase for men and spiritual leadership is it, you have to know your faith. You, if you don't transmit your faith to your children, it will die. Fact. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where my heart's at right now is, is absorbing as much as I can 
Um, my wife has a degree in theology. She warns me. She's like, well, just hold on here, Sparky. You're, you're not going to get it all in in your lifetime. There's a lot there. Oh, yeah. You could spend 300 years if you could somehow live that long studying night and day and only scratch the surface of sure. 2,000 years of Catholicism. Yeah. And that's why I think my heavy focus is on the Mass. I'm like, if we can't get that right, then we can't get <laughs> What am I even wasting my time? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll bump into guys and I'll just have a conversation. I'll ask them, like, you know, hey, what do, what do you think about the, the moment of the Mass, like at the Epiclesis? And they kind of look at me like, what's that? I don't even know what you're talking about. Epo what to? Yeah. I mean, that to me speaks crisis. That is a crisis right mm-hmm. there. Epic is, crisis. Yeah. Epicrisis. <laughs> Epic crisis. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a guilty as charged, by the way. I mean, I'm the type of guy that, that lived that crisis for a long, long time. But I choose to get up every day and try to fix it. And that's really God. what I'm trying to do. Be a man. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, mad props for the website name being Arming Men. Like, that's the kind of thing, like, if I'm searching for a new gat, you know, I'm going to come a- stumble across be like, oh, I'm going to that website. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, what is this? Oh, yeah. Oh, this is even better. Oh, <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll be sure to put a, a link in the description for this particular episode of the show. This is um, the most quiet I've ever heard you, though, Father Kale. Like, are you, like, trying to flip the script here? You didn't have much to say. Flip the script. No, I mean, man. sometimes I sometimes when this one gets riled up, which thanks thanks again. Glory be to the coffee. Yeah. I sometimes <laughs> I just gotta let things. him go. Sometimes I just gotta let him go. So uh, no, that's been good. That's fine. It's, it, it's a rare occasion. Sometimes I'm just drinking coffee. Well, it's either that or I offended you somehow. No, not at all. Oh, okay. Not, not even a little bit. Oh, he's always angry. No, no. <laughs> And some, some days I have yeah. more energy. Some days I have more energy to give. Today is one of those days where I was up at four o'clock in the morning. Oh. Just one of those days. Yeah, I've I've already been up for six hours. Well, so. I do I do want to say this real quick. The, the the group of men that I know at your new parish at St. Robert's are mm. outstanding. Yeah. Um, they were Saint guys Roberto's. that really kept Crucio uh, and really brought Crucio back to the sure. diocese. It was here for a while um, and then it, it came back. Those men at St. Robert's propped it up. And yeah. they kept it going for a while. Righteous. They are really solid dudes. Yep. So no, I'm, I'm looking forward to. Um, I mean, I have had a number number of opportunities to run into people at St. Roberts and to know um, the goodnesses that are there in in persons. Um, and yeah, I've 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 met some of these men already, mm. and so I'm looking forward to working with them. But um, but yeah, so here we go. Right, San Roberto's as we. To, to end with, Ro- with Roberto. We've come full circle. There it is. Perfect. Perfect. I love it. Very good. Awesome. Well, thanks, uh, Rob Gregory, for coming on the show. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for being our friend. And um, and uh, I'm sure we'll be on your show again sometime soon. Yeah. At least if it I, pleases I God. So, if it pleases God. Sure. Um, yeah. Good. So thank you for coming on. Uh, my name is Father Dan Kale. I am Father Stephen Felicia. And this is... Roberto Gregory. Roberto yeah. Gregory. Uh, you, uh, you can find us anywhere. Armor de uh, God. Armor de Deus. Anyway. <laughs> oh, gosh. oh, I like that. Uh, yeah, I know, right? This Woo. has been the Davis Felt Podcast. You can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can find the Belt of Truth Podcast, <laughs> and we'll, we'll put a link in the description for Arming Men, or the Armor armor of God guys over at St. Vincent's and in the description of this show. Um, yeah, and find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Listen and find us on Facebook, Instagram, and email us at dayusfulpodcast at gmail dot com. Spread the news of the show. Pass on uh, the word about about the, about the truth podcast, about arming arming men, the armor of God group, and um, I think that's everything. I think I got it all. God bless you, and as always, say Deus Volt, Rob Gregory. Deus Volt, Rob Gregory. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>